Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Bears on Tap, a podcast about the Chicago Bears presented to you by OnTap Sportsnet. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at BDON300, and you can follow my co-host, Quentin, at Stats. Today is the Senior Bowl episode. Quentin is down in Mobile, Alabama at the Reese's Senior Bowl practice this week. Uh, he's been out there the last few days taking a look at prospects. And this day, that you know, there's that saying every year that you see, the draft starts in mobile or mobile. I'm sorry. <laughs> I tried to practice it before Alabama's still going to kill me, but the draft starts in mobile and uh, Q's down there right now, chopping it up. And I saw him in some press conferences. I saw him down on the field, not down on the field, but pretty damn close to the field, looking at players and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm curious to see what he's found in his couple days out there just observing. Yeah, no, it's been great. Um, there have been some, there's been some serious talent down here and it's, it's awesome to see in person because you just get this, you, you get a real feel for guys speed and strength on a much more real level than you do just, you know, watch it, watching clips and watching the broadcast version or whatever it might be just seeing it in person and seeing, seeing how it's really translating the, the physics of it is all working is a factor that I think, matters a lot with these guys. Yeah, and I think, too, it's that first kind of event towards starting the draft process. You have the Senior Bowl, you have the East-West Shrine Game, you have all these different little showcases. But after this, it's Pro Days, it's the Combine, and then it's the big show, it's the NFL Draft. So this is that time to get your best foot forward in front of actual NFL coaches. These are guys that, you know, if you if you do well, and Gatsy likes you, like maybe you'll end up a bear. I know that probably doesn't sound too appealing to a 22-year-old college football player. Like, yeah, I want to go be a Chicago bear. But uh, the checks still cash the same way. And I think, too, one of the cool things for us is I saw Didn't, Bailey. didn't Skaronsky say he wants to be a bear? I don't know if he said that. I didn't hear. Yeah, yeah Skaronsky said he wants to be a bear. His grandpa's going to be mad. <laughs> His grandpa. His grandpa's going to be awfully, awfully upset. But yeah. either way you look at it, I think leading up to the game, the practice is almost more important than the game because you obviously don't want to get hurt in the game. But the practice is where they're trying to fine-tune things, see what they can work with in practice, and to try and develop once you get to the NFL. And what are some of the guys that you've seen up to this point that maybe nobody had heard of going into this week, but they're kind of you know, showing their ass right now? So one quick thing before before I jump into that, um, this is like seeing the practices. It's something that you don't get to see, like. We never see how a college team practices, how a pro team practices, how these guys work to get better at their craft, and how they take coaching, how they handle adversity, how they handle a, a guy in practice beating them, and the very next rep come back and try to fix it. You know, and that that's all very valuable stuff as someone who's looking at the draft, but more importantly for the coaches who are here and working with these guys. So exactly like I just wanted to point that out as like, see, I think seeing the practices for this is probably invaluable compared to just seeing the game. But as far as some guys who were probably a bit less known, um, I'm going to start with one guy who, might be it might be fairly well known to some, but I think he should be known more. Is Keanu Benton, 
the Wisconsin defensive tackle. And so Benton, he was a uh, two-time state qualifier for wrestling in the state of Indiana in high school, which I think is a huge thing along the defensive line. And in his time at Wisconsin, he was kind of kind of labeled as a, a run stuffer. But I think he is a good pass rusher. Like I've seen I've seen flashes in his tape of really nice pass rush. And I get down here and it starts really flashing more consistently. And you see, you start to see maybe the scheme asked him to be more of a run stuffer. Maybe they asked him to really control those run lanes but that doesn't make him less capable of being a one gap penetrating player. And that's what he's looked like down here is a guy who can get after the quarterback from the interior. Um, Wait, hold on, hold on. You're telling me a guy that at Wisconsin, uh, you know, he didn't have to rush the passer that often because he's in the big 10 and he's on Wisconsin. Those games are disgusting. Those are like 17. (laughs) Those are like, you run the ball, we run the ball, and then we both punt. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I think, like you said, perfect opportunity to see what he can do in some of those individual drills. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another guy who has been nice surprise is edge rusher slash interior guy. He's played some three-tech here, but he was an edge rusher at Louisville. Uh, Yaya Diaby. Well, that's an awesome fire name. Yeah, no, it, it really is. <laughs> so he is standing, let's see, six foot three, 265 pounds. So he, he's a good kind of good big frame, powerful frame, really the ideal ideal size weight that you want for a 4-3 defensive end. And I'm curious if – some people might view him as a three tech because of how he's been played here, but I actually didn't notice if he was playing more defensive end or three tech today. I know yesterday it was almost all like three tech, but he has some nice burst, nice speed, good strength. And he's just a guy who can be, I think could has the potential to be a real solid player in the NFL as a defensive end in a system like this, like the bears run. Um, now let's see another guy who I have enjoyed watching is Keon White at Georgia Tech, another defensive end, very similar mold to Yaya Diaby. He is more explosive though. He he has some serious burst, and one thing that didn't show out on his tape as well as it has here, especially like being in person, is his strength. He is, he is stronger than what I remember him being on the tape, which means either it wasn't fully translating to the, you know, to the TV screen or he's playing more freely or maybe he's just beefed up a little, but he, he looks strong out here. And his not so fun, but a hundred percent true fact is he is own one lifetime against NIU. <laughs> <laughs> I had to sneak that in there. Once you said George. Yeah. And then uh, one last guy. So I'm looking at the national team roster. Like, is that, the is rosters that, is that right Getsy's here. team? That's Getsy's team, right? I believe Getsy's coaching the national team, which is unfortunate for Getsy because it's the it is the less talented team. But it sounds like just our luck. Yeah, uh, but there are some dudes on it who are very interesting. And so the way that these practices work, I mean, 
Oh wait, is Getzy coaching American? Getzy's coaching the American team, so Getzy's got the oh. he's got the Pro Bowl team. He's got the cream of the crop. All right, yeah. we'll go we'll go over that roster and some of the players that you yeah. like on that roster. That but just fit. just so y'all know, the way that it goes, it's, it's not like the coaches are out there for the coaches are involved with each practice and you know, like that, and they're out there working with the players for both of them. Like there's there's like a three hour practice i want to say two or three or maybe two hour two or three hour practice at 11 then there's an hour break then there's another two or three hour practice for the other team the coaches are all involved with it um but so the last guy on the national team which is not the one that gets he is going to coach saturday is cody mock who like everyone knows cody mock who's interested in the draft but he's just he has really proven in the last two days to me that he belongs, you know, cause there's always that question of a guy coming from North Dakota state of like, you're beating, you might have been beating up on lesser competition, smaller, less athletic guys, less uh, weaker guys, whatever you want to call it. But he has looked just fine here. Like, you're like, he is supposed to be here and he is not overmatched by anyone here. Uh, anyone more than anyone else would be. from a more powerful school, from a Power 5 conference, anything like that. He looks like he belongs on this football field. And he has played snaps now at center, guard, and tackle here. And he has looked good at all three, in my opinion. So you know there's a goal line package somewhere in the in the bag if you can do all that, like maybe some some tight end. Number 69 has reported the package. I mean, I'm thinking San Francisco might draft him as emergency quarterback, but we'll see. Well, yeah, and we'll we'll talk <laughs> we'll talk about the events that were the NFL this weekend because an old friend uh, got thrust into the spotlight uh, shortly after we talked about him a few weeks ago. And I mean, yeah, terrible spot for Josh Johnson to be put into, but I think it's kind of ironic that uh, we just brought him up a few weeks ago, and then sure as shit, he's in the NFC Championship game. But yeah, other than that, so who are who are some of the like marquee guys, like some of the top end talents, maybe more towards the first or second round guys that are in attendance? Yeah. So, I mean, if I'm being honest, among the guys that I already kind of named, I mean, I think Keanu Benton's probably a, probably a late second round pick. Um, and Cody Mock ain't getting out of the second round. Like, uh, that's you're a lineman, that's you're a lineman that plays multiple positions and does it well. You will have a home. Yeah. Um, some of the guys on the uh, – as I look at the other roster, the American team, I'll start off with the O-line. Matt Bergeron is – he he's a stud. I wasn't sure of that coming down here. I knew he was solid. He is a stud. Like, he has looked very good down here. He has been stonewalling people in one-on-ones. He has been smooth handling pass protections as a unit, you know, along the offensive line, passing guys along, uh, creating running lanes, working combo blocks, working single blocks. He has just – he has looked very, very good, and he is pushing up towards that that tier one offensive tackle on, on, on my board after this week – or after these last two days, I should say. Um, and then another guy that's really stood out to me a lot is Oklahoma right tackle Wanya Morris. I am not – so coming into this, 
I was thinking he was a third or fourth round pick. I'm not sure he gets out of the second. Uh, I mean, he's just so such a smooth athlete out here, and he has all these traits that you want in an offensive tackle physically. And he's a bit raw still, but he's gotten so much better in the last year that you feel like there there is real opportunity for him to continue getting better, and he just is continuing to put it all together, and he looks better than his tape right now. And his tape looked better than it did the year before and so on and so forth. He's uh, progressively getting better each year. Yeah. It's uh, it's exciting to watch when like Wanya Morris is a guy who I noticed him like when I was watching for Oklahoma for Anton Harrison, I had to pause and say, who's the right tackle? Cause he looks good. (laughs) Laser pointer. Who's that guy? Yeah, and he and not, not that's not to say Anton Harrison wasn't good. It's just there were plays where Wanya Morris was just like jumping off the tape, and it's not every play. You know, some of his tape was ugly, but it seems to me that he has consistently improved it as I got to later games in the season and to here now. He, I, I think he's probably the third best offensive tackle here in Mobile. Um, after Darnell Wright and uh, and Matt Bergeron, uh, and that's not including Dewan Jones because Dewan Jones um, he play he practiced day one and he did not practice day two, so I assume he's he's done for the week and called it. Uh, but he would be the it would put if I included Dewan, it would push Wanya down to fourth. But yeah. that's that's not where I think a lot of people and, had him coming into this, and it's probably not where I had him coming in. DeWand is this six eight, like three seventy five guy, right? Yeah, with a yeah. seven foot two wingspan or something. He doesn't need to show much more. Yeah, he he, 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 hey, he looked real good day one. <laughs> we saw, but we saw what he did day one. But we also have seen uh, just the the course of history: a guy that size doesn't get out of like the top ten just based off size alone. Like, if yeah, you can move, if you can move a little bit, you're good. Yeah. And then there's two more guys I can mention here. Uh, Minnesota center, John Michael Schmitz. He, I have, I have been a silent skeptical hater on him for the last like month because I didn't see it in his film and I couldn't find good 2022 film for him because all I could get was broadcast view and broadcast view for a center is just not really what I want to be basing opinions on. And wasn't the film that year. wasn't the was, best year this year either. It was his best year this year. Right. Well, yeah, I'm saying Minnesota though. It wasn't like oh uh, yeah. Maybe maybe a couple of years ago, like the team had more success, but they're a team that just slams the ball up the middle. So I don't see, you know, their running back. Uh, what's his name? Muhammad Ibrahim, I think it is. Their running back is all like all conference. So I mean, if if he had an all conference year, I, I would hope that this guy had a great year as well. Yeah. Um, and I mean, by all accounts, he did. And I wanted to see it, though. And I just I couldn't get my hands on it. And so I remained skeptical and just sitting here saying I, I didn't see it in his previous year's film. Like I, I saw some flashes, but I didn't see what makes him such a highly regarded prospect. But day one down here, I kind of was still walking that same line. Day two. 
today, he he balled out. He looked really good in a lot of ways. Very mobile, very act, a, able to hit spots down the field on the run in screen passes and zone blocking that not many guys can, and to hit it aggressively with power, which is a trait that is, can be hard to find. Like you can find you, you can find guys who can get downfield and get in the way. Um, and even that is a little harder to find for them to get in the way of the right person at the right time. It's yeah. just, it's a hard trait to, to, to quantify. Not, it's a hard to trait get, to do consistently. To not get the illegal man down the field penalties, like all that shit matters, you know? Yeah. Um, matters. Yeah. Timing and just getting in the way at the right time, you know, <laughs> and getting in the way of the right guy and getting in front of the right guy. And, but he's, he showed he showed a real ability today to find the guy he's supposed to find and knock him, not just get in the way, but actually knock the guy, which can be tough when you're talking about a guy who's 300 pounds trying to trying to chase down a guy who's 180, you know, and that guy's a lot shiftier. That guy's going to cut on a dime, and you still got to hit him. It's also tough to chase down someone when you're. Uh, 230 pounds, and they're 200 pounds trying to get out of bounds uh, on the last play of regulation before the end of the game. But yeah. that's another th- that's another thing that we will touch on when we're done talking about the senior bowl. But and the one the, more, oh, go the, ahead, go ahead. The one more guy I'm going to mention is he's actually probably not a fit for the Bears because he's 240 pounds. But Iowa State edge rusher Will McDonald is just he's a dog. He's an absolute animal. Like, I think I'm going to use this example. We can trust Iowa State over the last few years off the people they've put in the league. Brees Hall, Montgomery, yeah. like, put some good players in the league. Like, the example that I'm going to use is, like, Darnell Wright is a dude, right? He is he's a stud of an offensive tackle. And in one-on-ones today – uh, McDonald was the, the way that the uh, that, that the yeah or American team was was structuring it was one on ones. Will McDonald across from Darnell Wright go? All right, bring it back. Will McDonald against from Darnell Wright go again? So just two reps right in a row, same guys. First rep, Will McDonald cleans up like nasty move, nasty just circle rush. Gets gets past him, gets by him, bends like crazy for it. Very nice. So I'm expecting Darnell Wright to come back and just plow him this time. Like Darnell Wright's a stud. He doesn't he doesn't lose twice in a row like that. Will McDonald pulls out a disgusting spin move on him, flies by him. Like Will McDonald is gonna go earlier than he has been. Like right now, I think his average projection is like 58. I'm not sure he's he's hitting the second round. I'm not sure he's a fit for the Bears, but he's a fit for some teams, and he is going to go earlier than he is even considered right now. Well, Q, if you didn't read the news, we're getting Khalil Mack back, bro. So <laughs> I don't know if we'll need McDonald, but yeah, but, um, yeah. I mean, shit, it all sounds good to me. Who's out there quarterback wise? Anyone of note? I know, I know, there's one quarterback that didn't make it. He also had an eventful weekend as well. Um, Max Duggan's out here. Ooh, 
is he is he in good shape? Because he got battered like at, at the T, the TCU Georgia game. He was getting smoked that game. You know, the from, the season, he was getting beat up a lot. From what I've noticed, the quarterback play in general here has been subpar, to put it lightly. Um, but also, I am just very focused on the pits. So like, I was going to say, I, yeah, I couldn't even tell you if some of the passes are completed because I'm just staring at the big guys, you know. <laughs> <laughs> pause, pause. We got. I was going to say, Ron. Ron will like listening back to this episode. We got to get you guys T-shirts that say like "Only Linemen" or something. I'm like, <laughs> I'm sitting here. I'm like, okay, maybe there's a couple like a receiver or something, maybe a DB. Uh, but I guess we'll have to see because there's still a lot. To well, so I got um. I, I I got Robert Schmitz here in the room with me, and he's watching receivers and corners. If you if we can throw bring him on, yeah, no, that works. Let me dive in the area. I can come over there. Don't worry about it. I'm in my luxurious uh, my luxurious hotel room, and you guys are also <laughs> amen, amen. What's going on? How we doing? What's going on? Welcome to the show. So tell us a little bit about yourself before you get going and then. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I am, I am a Windy City Gridiron film analyst that I love talking through Bears film every single week, covering the ins and outs of football and as well as what's going on with our favorite team. And I'm here with Quentin as we cover the Senior Bowl because there's just too much stuff to watch. And so if we wanted to try to even, even maybe cover everything, then we needed at least a couple people. Probably needed a third. Like, yeah. probably need Jacob so that he can watch the receivers and corners. But I, I like the position group, so I've been covering them. What do you want to know about? What can I tell you about? Would you prefer corners or receivers? Let's start receivers because I think that's the more polarizing position for Bears fans. I know we went with a couple corners last year in the draft. I don't know if we'll you know, necessarily go for a corner this year in the draft, maybe a death piece, but I think that – Receiver is a position that we could see drafted here in May or at least affected in free agency just due off of what we've got on the roster now. Absolutely. And you're totally right. The only issue that the Bears have at receiver is that so right now they've got a hole at wide receiver one, but at wide receiver two, Darnell Mooney, wide receiver three, Chase Claypool, wide receiver four, probably a free agent, right? Whether that's like a DJ Chark or a Jacoby Myers or a Alan Lazard, probably somebody. Right. Yeah. And then you got Bayless Jones, who's just a third round pick, you know, cutting him. And then you got ESB, who I don't want to make it sound like we're locked in the ESB, but it's a more crowded room than meets the eye, isn't it? That said, there's some sweet receivers here. I mean, I know CH Go just put out a sweet video of what's uh, of what Jaden Reed said after yeah, practice. He said he loves Justin Fields and he has been dominant here in Mobile. Uh, Michael Wilson's one of my favorite receivers in the class, mostly because of the value you can get off of his injuries. But he's a six one and a half, two hundred fifteen pound fast mover. I mean, quick breaker on the inside. He's going to get you a lot of separation. Remind Reminds me, I don't have a great comp for him. I mean, I like my head says Keenan Allen, but uh, I don't actually know if that's yeah. valid. But because um, most guys inside just can't move like that. And so 
on the American team or on the national team, those two have really stuck out on the American team. A lot of what I'm saying relies a little bit more on tape because guys like Jonathan Mingo, who had a really good day today, had a really poor day yesterday. Guys like Xavier Hutchinson, same story, much better day today. Great short separator, but not an outside dominator. I feel like Rushy Rice, the big star of the, of like the, I don't know, senior bowl this year, of at least of their receivers, is just not really lived up to things. And I could gush and gush and gush about the tight ends, but with Komet likely to get extended, I just don't know how much you need to know about the fact that Luke Musgrave is extremely fast, that I really like Will Mallory, especially if he falls past like the fourth round or something like that. Payne Durham rules. He's just probably going in the third, if not the second. Uh there's some really good players at tight end. The Bears just don't have the draft capital. Look, in a world where they trade down from number one to number four, and then they trade down from number four to number nine, and then they trade down from number nine to number 15, and then they trade down from number 15 to number 22, and they just get all picks. Yeah, it's it like, oh, freaking like we're throwing nine lottery tickets. Then like, yeah, of course I would love a tight end. But I, I completely get what you mean, that the Bear, the draft board – just calling it like I see it, the draft board, it does not shape up super well with what the Bears need because they needed, I'd say, like a an A1 receiver that they could yeah. draft in the first round. And there's just nobody worth taking it for or even nine in this draft at receiver. It's just a little too risky. So they can build in the trenches. Hey, we, need, we got some sweet needs in the trenches that Q talked to you about. And there's yeah. some sweet depth at corner. Like, I mean, the draft is deep to find somebody. And unless we want to start Kendall Vildor for the rest of our lives, um, the yeah. Bears could probably use a sweet corner at some point. As silly as it would sound to go from Kyler Gordon to Tyreek Stevenson out of Miami, it would be a savvy move if you thought you were going to get rid of Jalen Johnson. And I say that looking over Q because we haven't really talked about this yet. Everything's up in the air for the Bears. And I mean everything. Pretty much everybody except Darnell Mooney and probably Justin Fields. But unfortunately, I have to say probably, like their jobs are at risk until the moment they're not. You know, there's yeah. there's just nothing to find for Chicago. And so because of that, who knows what they'll take in the second round. And while there are some like, again, if you want me to keep going, I can keep telling you about some seriously sweet players at these positions. But I kind of get the sense that outside of Jaden Reed, because Reed is that short separator that the Bears may find some value in, they'd probably have to move Mooney like into either a more slot heavy role or they'd use Reed in the slot and they just figure out what they were going to do at X receiver. I guess that depends on what free agent they pick. I just doubt that a Bears receiver is here at the Senior Bowl, even though there are some guys that I think have an NFL future ahead of them. Yeah, and I was going to say, I've seen a little bit of Rita at Michigan State. He was an electric receiver. Awesome. Big, play, big playability. But, yeah, Mingo is someone – that's an old miss, right? Like, he's mm-hmm. another kind of big play guy, but I know it's a little bit different down there in Lane Kiffin's system. And uh, I don't know. A lot of times you see that the guys like going more to the combine and showing out there than the senior bowl. You, you know, like I had mentioned uh, before you got on with Q, Stetson Bennett didn't go down there. Right. You know, uh, so I know Hendon Hooker obviously can't participate, but he's down there, right? Like doing the yes. interview portions and the professional portions. So what is your, all right. So what are your thoughts about maybe like if he's available late to, to pick him up as a backup? 
So it's worth mentioning that I'm of the opinion that you want the best quarterback that you can get as a backup quarterback. I think this idea that you can go find a Tyler Huntley is exceedingly rare that you can find a quarterback that somehow is not just a good quarterback, but also plays a similar style to your main quarterback. Quarterbacks don't grow on trees, right? Like, let's just put it this way. Brock Purdy and Trey Lance, not the same. But they picked Brock Purdy because they thought he was the best quarterback available at that time. Or maybe they just thought he was the best value. I'm, I don't know what's going on in San Francisco. But in the Bears case, to use a, an extremely like um, – this would never happen basically. But to make a point, if Andy Dalton became available and he was available to come to Chicago for a relatively cheap deal – that might be a better backup quarterback than a rookie like Hendon Hooker, who's already 24 going on 25 by the time he hits the draft, especially since you got to remember that he's coming from a Josh Heupel scheme that basically, I mean, it functionally doesn't work in the NFL because the hashes work completely differently in college. And so you can create so much space on a hash on this side and then stretching your receivers all the way over to the right side. And then in the NFL, that play comes in here. The receivers come way in here and you just don't have near as much room to run that kind of stuff. And so it doesn't work the same. And that's, I don't know. It's not that I'm anti quarterback. I'm pro draft quarterback. Why not? Right. But at the same time, I also think that I I think that the kid from Shepard may be a better bet. You know what I'm talking about? Like the one at the senior bowl Uh, It's Shepard university. I don't know his name. I would love to tell you I know his name. I have had the luxury of not having to care about quarterbacks this draft. Uh, But I think that if you ask somebody who knows, like there are some neat quarterbacks. I just don't know if it's going to be Hendon because he may go as high as the third and the Bears are still going to be looking for a straight-up starter because they're so barren at some of these positions. Perfect. Uh, On the other side of the ball, though, so – we didn't talk about any of the corners, so do you see – we talked about one, but do you have any other guys outside of Stevenson that maybe you think uh, could step in and be third corner, fourth corner on this team? Julius Brents could be the first corner on this team. Uh, Kansas State's Julius Brents, second rounder, extremely long, and especially considering how much the Bears it, – it depends on how much they want to run quarters. Uh, I, I don't know how well you know coverages, but basically there are a couple of these co- or coverages that require some pretty heavy zone drops. But if yeah. the Bears stick with a steady diet of cover two, you could theoretically take a man corner and convert him into a pseudo zone corner that just beats the snot out of anybody releasing off the line, lets him go, and lets the safeties eat. Speaking of, there are some pretty solid safeties out here. Christopher Smith out of Georgia uh, and Sidney Brown out of Illinois can both flat out play. Wow. Um, I've seen Sidney Brown. Yeah. Sid Brown's a great player. I don't know if the Bears are going to go safety immediately. Like, there are some safeties that I could point out that might be one-to-one replacements for Eddie Jackson, but why create a hole that you don't that you need to fill at this point when the roster is again so bad? So you may bad, be yeah. looking. You may be looking for your safety replacement in a year or two, but you probably won't be looking for it now. Uh, I think Darius Rush could play in this defense. I think uh, Q Blue Kelly out of Stanford. Darius Rush is South Carolina corner. Big, long. Um, Caillou Blue Kelly out of Stanford could probably play in this defense. He's got quick feet. I had a couple picks today, as a matter of fact. Uh, Great reaction time. Learns really well. 
So he seems like he would do a really good job in a read and react defense, like what the Bears are trying to run. Uh, Rejon Jones or Rejon Wright is a name from Oregon State that probably wouldn't fit in the Bears defense, but he's playing pretty well. And maybe Riley Moss out of uh, Iowa could play a little bit in this defense. But it's been tough to stand out for corners in this one. Mecky Becton is literally the only good corner that I haven't mentioned yet. So I guess that brings us to like five or six. Uh, and then there have been some other corners that have just kind of gotten burnt. <laughs> Such yeah. is life in the defensive backfield. So we do have someone in the comments, uh, a guy by the name of Scott from Iowa. He wants to know a little bit more about Riley Moss. I've really liked Riley Moss's tape, especially his game tape. Uh, I would tell you that in my opinion here at the Senior Bowl, he's had a tough time because I think he's had to go up against two of the better receivers in the Senior Bowl in Jaden Reed and er, and, uh, Michael Wilson that have done a lot of people dirty so far. Uh, Riley's got a nice blend of more size than you would expect for a guy like him. And also a decent char- or like a decent amount of speed, relatively fluid hips. He's kind of a Jack of all trades corner. There's nothing I'm looking at Riley Moss saying he's the best in the class at that, but I know Iowa's, I can't remember their name, but I know Iowa's defensive coaching is really top notch. So I trust his fundamentals. And I think you can see on tape just how valuable that is. I think he's probably going to end up closer to the fourth, maybe the fifth round than I would like, because I'm cheering for the guy. Uh, I think he's a fun player to watch on film, but some of the other corners are just flashing that little bit more that the late thirds about the earliest I could see him right now. He looks like he belongs, but he doesn't look like he belongs at the top shelf. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. No, like he looks like he could be like an, like a role player more than like top end guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, you know, not necessarily a bad thing for this uh, no. defense right now because that's a position that we do need to add more players to. But kind of to your point earlier, we're not going to be in the position to add people that are playing safety and other positions like that where we actually have two quality starters. You know what I'm right. saying? So we're just kind of trying to fill the holes in this roster for the second consecutive year. Uh, one final thing before you pass it over to Q, do you have like a free agent, someone that's not there that you – really think would be a great fit you want to see on this team next year you mean by you mean like besides Deron Payne yeah, like yeah. I'm not allowed to pick the primo guys right no yeah you're not allowed to pick the guy that uh Washington commander Twitter was asking for Justin Fields to be traded for absolutely <laughs> uh okay so it's a bummer and I can't believe I've talked myself into him but I think Al Lazard makes a lot of sense but not for the reasons that I think everybody else would think you're going to hear that and you're going to be like, oh, like 750 yards. And I'm like, well, sort of mostly positional versatility. Like we would be basically talking about the same signing as Equinemia St. Brown, but like supercharged because he can play power slot. He can play Z receiver. He can play X receiver. In theory, Alan Lazard gets you injury insurance to every spot on the roster so that you can go into the draft and you can take the best player available. And if a receiver that you love doesn't fall to you, your team isn't ruined, right? We're not going to do the pace building where we already architect how the draft is going to go. And therefore, we have to trade up to make sure we get the guys that fall to us because we really bet on them in the first place. In this case, it would be like 
If you got DJ Chark, he's an X receiver, and now you've got two X receivers, and hopefully Claypool, you know, pushes him to the bench. But you're going to move Chark in the slot a little bit. I know football's not that literal, but it's kind of all over the place, right? With Lazard, you know, he can separate in short areas in the red zone. You know, he can post somebody up in the red zone. You know, he can play X receiver in blocking roles and in passing roles between the twenties. You know, he can move around and play Z receiver. You know, he can motion. He can basically do everything. And so he, in him doing everything, he opens you up the flexibility to look for the best player you can get as a wide receiver one. But if he was the only ad this season at receiver, I'd still be pretty bummed. Two final things, uh, Super Bowl winner, and then where can our listeners find your work at? Super Bowl winner, uh, I keep going back and forth. Like, I mean, we're talking about better team versus better quarterback. Right. And so it's a matter of like, how healthy is Mahomes' ankle? (coughs) Did the Chiefs already reach the emotional mountaintop and that now is the bonus game? Right. Or did two weeks fix that? I mean, is Mahomes living out his Jordan moment and will refuse to be denied? I mean, there's a lot of questions going into this one that really makes it a phenomenal football game. I mean, we're not talking about KC Tampa Bay the other year where it was like both of their tackles are out. They will yeah. lose, right? And, and you're not going to say, but Mahomes with this one, like, I mean, Q, I think it goes understated how poor the Eagles offense has looked in the last couple games. Yeah. Their defenses have just dominated so hard that yeah. it didn't really matter and nobody really cared, yeah. right? But if the Eagles can only get seven points out of their first four drives, just like they did against San Francisco before the game got away from San Fran. I think that's going to put them in a bit of a hole. I mean, I just don't think the Chiefs, who have two weeks, and no, two weeks won't fix everything if Travis Kelsey's back spasms become an issue. Like, no way. Um, But if they don't, I think the Chiefs have every ability to give this Eagles team a game. They're just stacked at all levels. So, like, I would tell you, I think it's going to be a 27-24 game, and I have no idea which team is who. Does that make sense? That's fair. Yeah, no, that's valid. I mean, I will say that's kind of what I was expecting with the AFC championship, and that's what you want to see at this point of the season. But, yeah, Mm -hmm. it's the two top seeds, if I'm not mistaken, the two number one seeds, which I don't know when the last time that's happened, so. In a deadlock, I tend to take the more legendary player because, like a narrative doofus, I just assume that they're going to continue to write their story. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's the whole Patrick Mahomes is going to beat Jimmy Garoppolo. And for guess what? For uh, for three and a half quarters, he was not. And then he threw one sweet pass and changed fate, basically. So like, I'll, I'll say to counter to counteract narratives – if Jalen Hurts wins the Super Bowl, the new NCAA football game that comes out the road to glory is literally just going to start with Jalen Hurts like getting yanked in the championship game. Be awesome. <laughs> Be awesome. <laughs> All right, where uh, where can we uh, find your articles and 
do you have a podcast as well or just absolutely so you can find my podcast channel on the wcg windy city gridiron podcast channel search that look for bear with me building the board and start with those two uh as far as youtube goes you can find us on second city gridiron where me and quentin and a couple others are going to be running a building the board series where we try to put together a bear specific draft board so not just a big board but something that really attacks the bears needs and goes through position by position both talking through all the draftable players so that we can get a sense for who's who but also tailoring them to what the bears do and how much that impacts the board which should be a lot of fun first the intro episode's up now so you can go take a look at that we'll start to dig into it a little bit more as the senior bowl help us solidify things but yeah you can find me on twitter at robert k schmitz thanks so much perfect i appreciate you for joining us brother of course thanks man and the uh the QB that Robert was talking about out of Shepard is Tyson Bajan. Bajan. Not sure how you pronounce that. The Shepherd's Pie Man. <laughs> yes, sir. So, yeah. All right. Senior Bowl, probably one of the coolest events that you've been to. What yeah. has been your favorite moment so far just from the first? Because you probably got what? You got another two days there. You might have a better one on the horizon. But so far, what has been your favorite thing? Um, Veet's bar is awesome. Go in there. Uh, but I mean, it's like everyone here knows to go to Veet's, I guess is what I've learned. And like, like last night we saw Luke Getze in there briefly, you know, just in and out. It wasn't like he was hanging around the bar, just pounding them, but, um, he wasn't going, he wasn't going Kyle Lorton in there. <laughs> yeah. We saw Ian Rappaport in there. We saw um, Wink Martin in there. We did like, yeah, he's, he, like, he's a dude, bro. Martindale. Yeah, yeah. Wink Martindale was in there, and a uh, handful of other folks. And like, you know, there there were a bunch of Bears people in there, like bunch of bunch of people from a bunch of other teams. Like, it was just a cool atmosphere. And uh, another favorite moment was just when I was able to get to the area of the stadium I wasn't supposed to access because the gate was just open and people were going through it and got the good view of the offensive line drills. That was pretty cool. <laughs> You're like, I just want to see the big uglies rolling. Yeah, around. man. There ain't nothing they're they're like hidden out in the corner where like you can't see them well and like you're having to zoom five times on your phone to get a good video and then it's grainy. It's like, man, I just want to, I just want to see them upright. It's like uh, when you go to buy like a ring or like some really expensive jewelry and like they got to bring it out from the vault. That's where the linemen are kept. They're kept in the vault. Yeah. But it sounds like a lot of fun. I'm glad I'm glad you're not down there solo because I definitely know how uh, solo content trips go. You still got to get it done either <laughs> way, but you got a little team with you. But all right. So let's talk about a couple things. So let's let's reel it back to this past weekend. What did you think of the two games? And then what do you think of the Super Bowl moving forward? Man, I just I can't help but think that I've had this theory or the, the, this theory with the Super Bowl since like 2015 or so. I don't remember who won in 2015, but um, that the team that went through more to get there will win. So it's been pretty accurate. Like, 
the battle-tested team, I guess, you, if you will. Yeah, like when you had the Peyton Manning Broncos who went through a hell of a schedule to get there, battled through every playoff game close, and were barely there because of it up against the 15-1 and one Panthers who stormed through everybody who won. Yeah. When you had the the Nick Foles Eagles who were scraping every ounce they could to be there up against the Patriots who just blew, blew straight through everything, except for the Chiefs, but <laughs> who won. You know, I mean, the, yeah. it's – like, like uh, the years that Eli Manning won his Super Bowls, look at those years. Yeah, I tend to think the team that is more battle tested wins this game because I think it takes everything in you to win this game. I'll even say, too, I'll even go as far as saying the Eagles haven't really played a meaningful game since that game against the Cowboys, and Jalen Hurst didn't even play that game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, really, were like back. last week was supposed to be meaningful, but then it wasn't, you know, like well, because the quarterback situation just got screwed. And like like Robert said, it was what, seven to zero for the first four drives. Well, they did that thing that we talked about when we played them where it's like they'll just fart, fart around for three quarters and then pop off and get 21 in like three minutes. Yeah. They're just a – they, they are a very misleading team by the way they score because they'll hit you for a lot in a hurry and then they won't score for the rest of the game. And Which also, honestly, I think they only kicked never forget, in the second half. Never forget when Ray Lewis was taking like deer antler oil or something to fix his <laughs> bicep. Crazy stuff can make injuries just disappear. Yeah. And it's time to get crazy for these guys. Aaron Rodgers, uh, in his post-game interview after they beat the Bears was just, like, higher than shit. And, yeah. Oh, and Mahomes wasn't last week? <laughs> Dude, so, okay. So, let's get into that game. So, a lot of stuff happened. I, I saw a play get whistled dead after it was already ran and run again. I saw whatever happened at the end of the game where obviously I just started tweeting NFL rig kind of in a troll job, but also like, yeah, what the fuck is going on? Because this, like the end of that game, the way that game was officiated, and then there was two, one in the Eagles game, uh, the Devonta Smith catch. It turned out that it really wouldn't have mattered anyways, but in the highest level in the conference championship games, you can't have officiating issues of that magnitude, right? Like it's gotta be disheartening. And I'm not saying that the officials cost either of the team the game because, well, Bengals, the argument could be made. I'm not a Bengals fan. I just lost a little bit of money. But the or but that that uh, that drop in the first half right there, huge for momentum, right? Because, like you yeah. said, the Eagles didn't score for their next four drives. If the Niners maybe get a stop there, maybe they're the first team that scores. Maybe they play the game a little bit differently. You never know. Yeah, I mean – it could be completely different based on that. Like, yeah. I mean, that with the, the KC Bengals game, I mean, I have money on the Bengals, so I was a little sour. But if I'm being completely honest, the money was somewhat of a mental head or a, a um, what's it called? A uh, hedge. Emotional, a hedge. emotional hedge. That's the word, emotional hedge. Uh, because Pat Mahomes is a Red Raider. I'm a Red Raider. Go Red Raiders. Uh, oh, wow. 
And, I was screaming at my TV, bro. I'm like, damn, man. Like, that's really how this game's about to end. Oh, I thought I would, we were going to get free football, dude. Overtime conference yeah. championship would have been lit. <laughs> but, like, one thing that I look at in that game with the with all the, the ref stuff, I mean, Bengals benefited from some calls early in the game, too. Like, it wasn't – I don't think the calls were lopsided in total. I think they were just lopsided at the end, which yeah. – you know, you can still went at and say like, like that there's something up there. But like, I mean, I, I, I think generally the game was calls went both ways for the most part. Hashtag NFL rigged um, for the <laughs> upcoming game for and and I think too though, like I said to Robert before he got off, it's the two number one seeds. It's two teams that dominated all year. There's an argument that could be made that maybe the Bengals get the number one seed if that 17th game is played, but mm-hmm. it, it never it never was, so we'll never know. And there's no telling if that game would have been different in Cincinnati than at Arrowhead. But I think that either way, um, you have two great quarterbacks. Yeah, well, well, you have one no great way, you have you have one great quarterback and one quarterback on his way to greatness. I'll say, yeah. but it's you have. Sirianni and Reed both battling their former teams. Like, there's a lot of good storylines for this game. The Kelsey brothers. It's the Kelsey Bowl. Kelsey Bowl, yes. Um, they're such polar opposites too. Like, like I know. Just, it's so funny. They're I, I see their podcast clips. They have they have a good podcast. I don't listen to all the episodes, but I, I see some of their clips and watch some yeah. of their videos. They're pretty damn funny. Yeah, it, it is funny. Um, I uh, I don't know. I just I just have a hard time believing that Nick Sirianni is going to beat Andy Reid, but we'll see. Dude, he's going to be. Oh, Philly's such a scumbag city. Like they were yelling at kids. <laughs> they were yelling at at people taking their kids to the game. Sirianni's been motherfucking people from the sidelines all season long. Like I like the energy. If that was my coach, I'd run through a brick wall. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. But. The asshole in me, uh, after all the smoke settled, after Travis Kelsey called the mayor of Cincinnati a jabroni and all that, it dawned on me that a bald man that wears a visor that has no business going to the Super Bowl is going to the Super Bowl, and I cannot allow that man to win. So I am fully invested in the Bird Gang. Bang, bang, Bird Gang. Jalen Hurts, my fucking quarterback. Like, the Eagles cannot let Matt Nagy get this Super Bowl, and that is where I'm at. I can't let it happen. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right. That's I'm not betting against Pep and Andy Reid, wow. but we'll see. I yeah, I haven't I haven't decided if I'm just gonna maybe maybe do some props. It's a tight line. It's a pick 'em either way. And is it a pick 'em now? I were, well, it's a one and a half. I think it is, but it opened okay. as a pick 'em. It was open as a pick 'em. No, it, it opened technically at circa. Opened with Kansas City as two and a half point favorites, and oh, wow. within the first hour, the Eagles. Within the first hour, the Eagles shifted to two and a half point favorites. Okay, because I didn't see that. And so then it's just moved. I looked on like I looked on like uh, DraftKings, FanDuel, Rivers, and all that. Yeah, that that was like that was like right after the championship games ended. Yeah, dude, I've it been is one of the him. biggest line moves I've ever like. I think probably I've ever. Been. That it moved five points in an hour. Oh yeah, someone just hammered 
So I saw that, and I, I, I put money on Kansas City to win outright, and I bought a half point, put some more money on Kansas City plus three, and. <laughs> oh, dude, we're getting like 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 Robert said, 27, 24, 27, 26, some goofy like that. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think we covered everything. Senior Bowl, you said the game is this Saturday, right? Is it on like NFL Network? You yeah. know where it's broadcasted? I'm not sure. Uh, probably ESPN, I would imagine. One of the ESPNs probably covered. Probably has it. Perfect. Shit. Do you have any uh, wrap up thoughts before we close this one out? I don't think so. Um, I'm hoping to have my uh, off-season simulator out here in the next week or two. Uh, but aside from that, I think that's all I got. Well, perfect. Today we were joined by my co-host with the most down there at the Senior Bowl, Quentin at Buckus Stats, and he's also joined today by uh, Robert Smiths with the Windy City Gridiron and the Bear. You said Windy Windy City Gridiron, correct? Yeah. I, yes, I was going to start. Go, I was going to start going in on the podcast, but I, I know there was two of them, and I don't want to push the names. But I know he said <laughs> Windy City Gridiron, so yeah, I know you can find his work there. They're doing a lot of work, uh, different position groups, and then also just specific to the Bears team, players that will probably be interested in. So take a look at some of the uh, YouTube work that they've put together, uh, even outside of ONTAP. No free plugs, but we'll give a free plug for someone that's on the show. And then obviously uh, stay tuned for all of our work. I know Elab's had some stuff coming out. Quentin, I know you've had a lot of articles coming out. And drumroll, yeah, please. Yeah, check out my Senior Bowl uh, daily notebooks. Uh, yes. One should be published tonight or tomorrow morning morning i'm right now um and i'll have another tomorrow as long as we don't get rained out and even if we do get rained out, i'll have a wrap-up thoughts one perfect well you know where to follow them at buckus stats you can follow our podcast account at bears on tap and you can follow me at beat on 300 we'll be back with you guys again it's probably the same i'd say wednesday night next week just to kind of recap everything quentin saw at the senior bowl probably talk a little bit about the game do a little bit of uh maybe uh, some of the betting on the Super Bowl as it is the last football game that we'll have until the XFL, USFL, and all that. But, I mean, we're probably not going to be betting on that stuff. But there will be some financial opportunities for our listeners. We wouldn't want you guys to uh, lose out on those, and we'll be on the air. So we might as well talk about it because it is a football podcast at the end of the day. But we really do appreciate you for joining us on this week's show. We'll be back with you guys next week. And there, down. Bear down. Bear down.